Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Oh my goodness! It's only preseason, but I'm hyped Neil Falk! Jimmy G Buckets gets buckets! Oh my goodness! Give me the hot sauce! Neil Falk! Give me the hot sauce! What are you doing, Dragons? Did you not get the memo? Hey, the NBA season is back, and we are ready with a brand new edition of the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. I am uh, flying remotely today. I was at the Advocate Center to cover Bulls Media Day. Stacy and Tim are in uh, Tim's palatial studio in Palatine, getting ready for another season of NBA basketball. And Stacy, I'm sure you heard a lot what was talked about over at the Advocate Center, and it seems like once again continuity is the big word. Uh, it seemed like. Vucevic is really happy to be back. Colby White's happy to get an extension on his contract. And there's some quiet confidence over there that this team can be better than what we saw last season. Now, what's your what's your take on what you heard from Media Day today? Well, you know, it's the same thing that, you know, uh, our tourist was talking about last year. You know, you kind of knew what they were going to go, what they were going to go into going into the season. They wanted to keep their core group together. They wanted to build around those guys, add some pieces where they thought they could get better. Three-point shooting, uh, two-way players, which they're able to do. Uh, they believe if this team is healthy and can stay healthy, this is a team that can get you 45 or plus wins. I, I have met 45 and no Bulls fans are probably shaking their head right now saying, what the hell is Stacey King talking about? But if they stay healthy, you got three former All-Stars. There's no way in the world this team should not be somewhere in that that five to eight range, not playing in a play-in game. And anything less than that would be a disappointment. Yeah, Stacey, I asked our tourists if the Bulls were involved in the talks for either Damian Lillard, who of course was traded to Milwaukee, and then Drew Holiday went to Boston a couple of days later. And he gave me the pat answer that, of course, we don't comment on rumors. Um, we're just worried about ourselves. And we think that with good health, we have a team that can compete in the East and get to the playoffs. You think the, the Bulls uh, should have been more involved in trying to get one of those stars? I mean, they would have to give up a ton to get him. And I'm not sure they had enough draft picks to get really seriously involved in discussions on either one of those trades. 
Well, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, assets. The Bulls, you know, didn't really have a lot of assets. You would have to give up some of your veteran players and go into a full rebuild mode. Uh, that's one reason why Miami was not able to pull the trigger on Damian Lillard. You know, Pat Riley overplayed his hand. He thought that because Damian Lillard said, hey, I'm not going anywhere but Miami, you know, so he kind of thought that Portland was going to be held hostage by that and then basically forced the trade to Miami, which didn't work out. Milwaukee came in like bandits. They snuck in the middle of the night. No one heard him coming. They weren't even in, they weren't even in the discussion of the trades where he could possibly go. And then all of a sudden they pop in there and, and for what they had to give up, you know, I mean, it wasn't really a lot. I mean, you're giving up Drew Holiday, who's a former all-star guard um, and some draft picks. And um, they, they, they came off really, really well. But they didn't get a chance, Mark, to, to celebrate too long because Boston <laughs> counterpunched exactly what I thought would happen. I honestly thought – I thought we would be involved in that situation as well, the Bulls. But, you just again, you just don't have the assets that, you know, Portland wanted. Portland wants a complete rebuild. They want draft picks. They want to load up on as many draft picks as possible. So if you go and you look at the draft picks that they, they were able to acquire throughout these whole trades, they, they put themselves in nice position. They've already got a lot of good young talent there. You're going to get a veteran point guard in Brogdon, which you got from Boston in the trade for Drew Holiday. So you'll get a guy who can play off the ball with Scoot Henderson. And, uh, you know, you get uh, DeAndre Ayton, a young center, who people forget he's only 25 years old. It's not like he's a 30-year-old center. So they've got some really good young pieces and, some, and a really athletic team. And the Bucks may still turn out to be the big winner because during today's media days up in Milwaukee, Giannis said that he's not going to sign a contract extension this summer because it makes more sense financially to wait until next year. But he said, "I'll sign it next year." So if they get, if, you know, if that's the way it works out, this trade is going to be a winner for Milwaukee in the long run. Well, he says that now, unless they get bounced in the first right. round or second yeah. round in the playoffs, <laughs> then you know we're right back at. I, I want to look at my options. I want to win. You know. You know, Milwaukee understood what they needed to do. You know, you go out and you get a, an all-star caliber player, one of the top point guards in the league, um, and bring him on the Milwaukee Bucks team to appease Giannis. Because Giannis has made it very clear to you that if you're not going to put, put this team in position us to win beyond this year, I'm going to look elsewhere. So what do they do? They go in there and they go all in on Dame Lillard. And, you know, people keep forgetting how good Drew Holiday is and it was for Milwaukee. He's not some slouch. You're going to miss Drew Holiday on the defensive end this year. Dame Lillard is not the most gifted defensive player. Let's just be honest about that. He's a gifted scorer, but on the defensive end, he can be taken advantage of. And you lose a guy like Drew Holiday on the defensive end that also understands, like, he's not going to be able to score like Dame Lillard was, but he could really be serviceable, gives you 20 points and, and gets you some rebounds, and he does all the intangible things you want, kind of like Lonzo Ball did for the Bulls. So that's a, that, that trade could come back. On paper, it looks great, but when it comes down to nut-cutting time, when you got to stop somebody, and now you got a motivated, you got a motivated Drew Holiday in Boston. You know, now he's going to get a chance to play against the Bucs in the playoffs to show them what they missed. So that's going to be an interesting series if it ever gets to that. Yeah, you mentioned Lonzo Ball, and he was at media day today. They brought him out in front of the cameras, and he didn't have a whole bunch to add to what's going on, but he said that it was a major procedure to try to repair his, his injured knee and that he's going to take a full year to try to get right. But he said he definitely plans on playing again, and so that was really the only news with Lonzo. He said basically he'll be a resource for his teammates to try to help out in any way he can with uh, the point guard competition and helping some of the young guys adjust to life in the NBA, but he's also going to spend a lot of his time in California 
with his own trainers and doctors rehabbing. Uh, one of the guys that was talked about a lot was Javon Carter, who grew up in the Chicago area, played at Proviso East High School. And Stacy, it was interesting to hear both Damar and Zach just praise Javon Carter. I mean, Damar said that uh, he killed us in a game in Milwaukee last year. I've been battling against him for years. I got a ton of respect for him. And Zach said not only is he a good three-point shooter, but he's one of those guys that you hate to play against because he's a pest. He'll pick you up 94 feet and really make you work. And, and I think that, you know, Javon Carter may turn out to be a guy that uh, kind of an underrated signing by the Bulls this year. Well, I, I think he will be an underrated signing until when you start to see him play and you realize that he, the Bulls got high value from him because he's a guy that can do a lot of different things. You know, he came in this league having with a chip on his shoulder. You know, he was defensive player of the year in college at West Virginia, played for Bob Huggins. So, you know, the kid is tough. You know, he had to fight and scrap his way into the rotation of the Milwaukee Bucks. He was, you know, some game, he had a lot of DMP CDs. And then all of a sudden he started working, you know, he got in the game based off his defense, kind of like Jimmy Butler did here when Jimmy was a rookie. It was like, okay, how do I get on the floor? It's not going to be with my offense. It's going to be with my defense. And that's how he was able to get himself from being a bit player in Milwaukee to being in the rotation to also starting last year. Uh, he's worked on his three-point shooting. Uh, he's a very legit three-point shooter, and that's something the Bulls need from that position. Now, the key will be for him is, and, and Billy's going to have a lot of different options, Mark, because you've got so many guards. This team is loaded with guards. You know, it's loaded with guards. It's, okay, who's the primary ball handler? Who's going to be comfortable playing, you know, off ball? You know, so that's where the discussion is going to be during the year and how they're able to figure out the rotations. And, you know, you hear about starting, who's going to start. It doesn't matter who starts. You know, what it matters is who's the most effective at that position and is giving you, setting you up for wins. That's the most important. I think Kobe understands coming in. I think the pressure of, you know, trying to play for a contract is over now. I thought Kobe played really well in the second half of the season last year. I think he's ready to go. And the Bulls' success are, is based off of two things, Mark. It's going to be, you know, Patrick Williams and Kobe White. Are they ready to take that next step now and be part of that legitimate rotation? And is your big three of Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic, can they commit on a nightly basis to be two-way players? If they can do those things and those two things happen, the Bulls have got a really good shot of really making some noise in the playoffs this year. Billy Donovan mentioned he wants to play faster this year. He wants to have more ball movement, wants to get more three-point shots that are set up organically, not trying to force it. And DeMar DeRozan was asked about whether he's going to shoot more threes. And he, he kind of joked. He said, listen, uh, you know, if I make seven or eight three-pointers in a game, you guys are going to go crazy. He said, I, I'm not going to force my three-point shooting. But he did work on it this summer. And, and I think that the goal really is to have a more free-flowing offense, not so much isolation, which I know that you've talked about a lot with Adam on the broadcast. Yeah, I mean, the isolation really comes into play for this team probably in the fourth quarter when the game becomes slowed down a little bit and every possession counts. But, you know, those first three quarters, you know, the Bulls are athletic enough to run with any team in the league. That's why I was really surprised they didn't run more last year. You know, you're not looking at an aging team. Um, you know, when they get out and play in transition, especially because you have to offset if you're not making and shooting a lot of threes, you've got to find ways to get easier baskets. This team should get anywhere between 15 and 25 points in transition. That should be the goal every single night, whether it's with the first unit or the second unit. We have to be in the top five in fast break points. I, I, I would love to see them do that because I think, Mark, if they do that, 
that's going to offset nights where they're not making threes or, or you know, that's going to offset nights where they might not get to the foul line because that's something else I heard during the press conference. They need to they wanted to get better at getting to the free throw line. Well, the only way you get to the free throw line is take the ball to the basket. You're not going to get to the free throw line shooting three-point shots. I mean, unless some, some guy's going to commit a dumb foul, you're going to get to the free throw line by attacking the rim. And the Bulls have some of the best wing attacks in, in Zach Levine. And, you know, you've got, you know, you got DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, Kobe White, guys that can get to the basket and, and draw fouls. They've got to look to do that a little bit more than just settling for jump shots all the time. So that's that's an area I think it's got to improve. And then they got to find ways to get Drummond. You know, Drummond to me is another one of those guys. He's got to play 25 minutes this year. They've got to find 25 to 30 minutes for him to play off the bench as the reserve because there's only two legit centers on this on this roster. It's him and it's it's Vooch that's going to be on the opening day roster. So to play, you know, Andre Drummond 12, 14 minutes a game, this is a guy who's played over 700 NBA games and he started in that many. It's tough to put him having him coming off playing 10, 12 because in his mind, you know, he knows he can do much more. We've seen what he can do when given minutes, especially on the rebounding, offensive rebound, because you heard our tourists talk about offensive rebounding. The Bulls were not very good offensive rebounding last year, but when Andre Drummond played in those games, they were a very good offensive rebounding team, and that's that's something they have to look at is getting him on the floor, but giving Vooch rest and also letting Vooch know that, hey, you know, you got your contract now. You played 82 games last year. And you're, you're a big part of what we do. But the nights where you don't come out with the energy, we got this big cat over here that wants minutes. And that's going to put pressure and hold everybody accountable because you've got guys that are coming off that bench now, Mark, that are going to be hungry. This is a very deep team. You know, whether it's whether people want to believe it's quality depth or not, doesn't matter. It's a very deep team, especially at the guard position. And, you know, if you don't come out ready to play, Billy has options this year that he probably didn't have the last year. Before we shift to uh, some Bears conversation with Mark Grody, did you see our guy Jimmy Butler? You mentioned him earlier. Oh. The second year in a row, he came out with a crazy oh. hairstyle. He's got piercings oh. in, his, in his eyelid and his, and his lip, oh. and he said he was in his emo phase. I don't know if we got listen, the photos. We got right the photos, guys. Listen, yeah. listen. America. That's I mean, yeah, crazy. America. This, re- this reminds <laughs> me, if anybody is old as Timmy Whispers and I, you remember, you remember uh, Jermaine Stewart. We don't have to take the cl- our clothes off to drink the cherry wine. That's it. We don't have to take our clothes off to drink the cherry wine. That's Jimmy right there. That's Jimmy right there. Jermaine Stewart. Oh my God. That look at that. That's just at first I didn't know who it was. I was like, did they get a new player? Like who's that? Rick James. Rick James, bitch. Rick, I'm Rick James, bitch. <laughs> Jimmy always yeah. sealing the show on Look media day. And, oh and, my he'll god! He'll be ready to play when the ball goes up in the air. You can bet on that. Yeah, he got the uh, eye. He's got the eye piercing and everything. And what did he say? Don't interrupt my flow or something. Yeah, don't interrupt the- my flow. <laughs> wow. His emotions, he said. So oh. man, that was that was some crazy stuff. Speaking of crazy stuff, what happened on the lakefront yesterday was crazy. Our guy Mark Brody, our Brody, our Bears insider, was there with me. And twenty-eight to seven, Groats late in the fourth quarter looked like that game was in the bag. And then they let the Broncos score two quick touchdowns. You get the strip sack for a quick touchdown in them. And 28-27 turns into 28-28. I mean, it was just bizarre how that all how that all unfolded. I think that game was unhealthy. Like I think it was it's unhealthy to have that kind of a high during a game. I'm I'm talking about I'm projecting what 
fans are thinking as they're watching that game. It's it had to have been such a high an endorphin rush when <laughs> it's 28 to 7 late in the second quarter. Your quarterback is looking great. Like all wow, what is this? We have not seen this Justin Fields. Every DJ Moore is out there playing ball and almost 100 yards in the first half yesterday. Uh Cole Komet, your $50 million tight end is catching touchdown passes. What a great thing. You're going to get on the board. Your long losing streak is over. And then the whole thing just blows up. And you have the bad, you know, Justin Fields interception and the bad strip sack and subsequent scoop and score. You have that. You have, you know, the now famous fourth and one play in which the the Bears go for it and Khalil Herbert is not able to come through. And it just goes from this monumental high to a low <clears throat> on a beautiful day, I might oh. add, at Soldier Field. Sun-kissed, <laughs> beautiful, and then that. i tell you what, Mark, I'm going back to that fourth and one situation. Now, in that situation, you know, two things. One, get the three points. Make, make Denver have to come to the length of the field and, and score on or tie the game up. Second, why did the Bears decide to go in shotgun formation, which puts you five yards back further than what you need to go if you're going to go for it and if you're not going to pass the football? I thought that was one of the most craziest plays I'd ever seen. Why not put the ball in the best player's hands uh, under center like the Eagles do with uh, you know Jalen Hurts and just go you know just go quarterback sneak? One a yard. I mean, it just it baffled me that it went down that way. I haven't heard a good answer yet, honestly, Stacy, on why they were in shotgun. I mean, it's a good question, and I think some of what they're trying to say is that they they had had some success doing that, and they didn't want to go away from it. So that was what the thinking was. But another thing they kept stressing was it's only a half a yard. Yeah, it was a half a yard. It's a half a yard. So, yeah, why not? Why is Justin Fields not a bigger part of that play in terms of his legs or even his arm in that situation? So the whole thing was just wild. I mean, leading up to it, even where they're trying to draw them off sides, which I understood they take the time out. And typically in that, like nine times out of 10, you then see the team come out and kick the field goal but instead they huddled up they said that they got a look that they wanted um that's the problem it's, it was they had so much time to think about this too and scheme for it and they still were not able to come through and they come away with nothing so yeah it was a huge part of it i will say that you know just to put a you know a point on it or a period on it from my side anyway um matt eberflus said we asked him today would you do it again and he said, yeah, he said, no regrets. We had the same look. We had the same thought process and the same trust. So I guess it is what it is at this point. He might be looking for another job with that answer. Right. Well, hey. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, hey, buddy, we don't need to hear that again. Just say, no, I'll probably take him from under center. We just do a quarterback sneak. I would live with that answer. Wait, wait till they're wait till they're zero and five after next week. And then, yes. and then yeah, we might be talking about Eberflus's job for real. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say in a lot of NFL cities, the coach would be on the on the plank right now. I mean, 14 straight losses dating back to last season. You know, the the way the game was handled late, some of the lack of development of young players in the system, uh, the way he bungled the whole Chase Claypool answer afterwards, like he has not even in sync with his own general manager. I mean, I know the Bears never fire coaches in season, but do you think this could be a first? Um, 
my I guess my gut is is no. Um, but I mean, I am not ruling out the possibility by any means. Like I said, if, and here's why, because if they do go to 0 and 5, which at this point is a very good chance, you then have that mini buy right there where you got all this extra time to think about things and do things. And last year at the mini buy, you know, as they they were going to evaluate every player, every coach on the team, and they obviously came out of the mini buy in good shape because they changed their offense, and that was all the talk. I think now all the 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 serious evaluating will be done on how things are run, um, and from Ryan Poles' perspective, uh, is this coaching staff doing what they are supposed to do? He's had steadfast support Poles has towards Eberflus, but at this point, they do have to take a serious look how they are doing things. And then I don't want to go on forever here on this, but then you go up above polls a level. Kevin Warren being the new president, CEO, the new Ted Phillips of this team, he we still don't know exactly how he operates and what he thinks about this group. Is he steadfastly behind these guys and is going to allow for time and allow for error, allow for growing pains? Or does Kevin Warren look at it as like, wow, this is a mess. I'm the new boss in town and we got to do something. Um, and if they were to fire a coach in season, which, as you pointed out, they never did. That would be a monumental move, and it would show for sure that there is a new sheriff in town, and his name is Kevin Warren. Well, the the, the bright, you know, the, the silver lining to all this is if the Bears keep losing, right? Don't they get the top two picks? <laughs> I mean, there's yeah, a, maybe. Yeah, I mean that could possibly happen. So, you know, maybe you want to keep the tank commander and the, you know, <laughs> even who says the tank <laughs> commander, baby, and lead the troops. But, but I, I will say this, Mark. I, I thought yesterday offensively, Getzy came out with a game plan, moving, moving fields around the pocket. He looked like the old Justin Fields. He saw receivers. Uh, he pushed the ball downfield. He really tried to get the ball to DJ Moore, and I thought that was a bright spot. I thought they went away from it a little bit late in the second half um but is this what we're going to see from here on out are we going to see this type of offense are they going to go back to trying to make him an Aaron Rodgers drop back five-step passer well back to our conversation about the coaching if they don't continue to make this part of it then that's pretty incompetent as well because yeah what worked was them getting creative instead of staying in the pocket they got creative with the pocket and they opened it up and they did all sorts of different things to allow justin fields to feel comfortable and to find his guys so no i absolutely think that this is something that they've they've got to do uh, going forward now will it have the same sort of success uh, we're going to find out right away because the Washington defense, while not a great defense, they do have a really strong defensive line and they will put pressure on you. So we're going to, you're going to go relative to the Denver defense, which gave up a historic 70 points in the, in the, the week previous and look like, look like they'd given up against the bears, quite frankly, you know, so that would, you got to keep that in mind that that was done against that really bad defense we're going to see going forward against Washington right away. I hate to bring this up, but I'm going to bring this up um, as a cautionary tale. I remember the uh, it was a um, Mitch Trubisky game against Tampa Bay 
where he threw, you guys remember, was it 2019 or was it actually 2018? It might've been 18 where he throws the six touchdown passes and everybody's like, Oh my God, that like this, is, there it is. That's him. That's what we've been looking for. And then almost immediately he went back downhill and resorted to what he was. I hope that doesn't happen, but it, it they are similar circumstances because that Tampa Bay defense was all injured at the time. And the, the defense they played yesterday was pretty bad, but, Thumbs up to what Justin Fields was able to do yesterday. And I, I thought, yes, I thought in the first in the first half, Mark, I saw a lot of blitz. I saw Brisker blitzing. Um, I saw some them trying to put some pressure on the quarterback in different ways, Russell Wilson. And I thought that really was effective in the first half. And then they kind of went back. And, you know, you go back to that fourth, that fourth and one they didn't make. And then you come back and Denver gets the ball and they immediately throw like a 40-yard bomb right out yeah. the box. Like that completely – I was like, how does that happen? Like, you know they got to move down the field quickly. How do you give up a 40-yard bomb like that after you just didn't make a fourth and one? I couldn't believe that. Yeah, that was the, you know, kick them while they're down moment. Yeah, you got to be ready after that. You better be ready because, yeah, you the, that play is blown, but that play is over. But they clearly were not. And, and that's another, you know, case of – you know, the the defense maybe not being ready. And I don't want to connect too many dots, but you got to remember that Matt Eberflus is also the defensive coordinator now for this team because of Alan Williams's resignation. So not only is Matt Eberflus trying to make decisions like, do we go for it on fourth and one? And do I take a timeout? And then do I set up another play? Then he's got to make sure that everything is lined up properly for the defense. So I'm not saying that, you know, Flus made an error in that in that moment, but you got to believe that that's where something like that could affect a coach who is trying to do too much. We always talk about players while well, he was trying to do too much. Flus literally might have been trying to do too much in that chaotic few minutes at Soldier Field. Whispers, you got something for Mark? Yeah, well, yeah, you've already brought the the Trubisky thing and I I was having that same feeling, but at least they have some of those games, so you do see the talent. I mean, you look at in the past some of these other big draft choices, like you know Jimmy Clausen or uh, was that guy JP Lossman? That was a great name for a quarterback. It's like when we had, it's like when we had fails. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> David fails. And wow, our, I and, forgot about that. And our guy. kicker blew it. Remember that guy? Oh yeah, yeah. Chris blew it. So that was the year where they had twenty kickers trying out. That was 2019. I remember. I got wow. to know. We got to know about 10 kickers during that training <laughs> camp. Whispers. Yeah. So at least we do see some breakout moments, which is exciting. Except the difference is he still lost. Where Trubisky was a winner that day. So yeah. I don't know where we go. Yeah. I hey, I got something for for you, Whispers, and you guys. Um, by the way, I almost forgot to tell. A box arrived. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> a box has arrived. And it wasn't leaking. And I just want to thank you guys for the I see they got the barbecue sauce right oh, here. Oh, there it is. I'm looking I'm I'm trying to think of what meat I want to pair with this tonight. <laughs> so and I got the hot sauce. I got it all. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thank oh, you. Hey, you're hey. you're a friend of the program, man. That's the least we could do. There's more where yeah, that came man. from. Yeah, <laughs> there's more where that came from. We'll, we'll get you. Oh, some okay. more. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the hot sauce of the month club. I'm down. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. whispers is is actually drowning in sauce in his office. It's everywhere. So yes, yeah. we, we got, got some more out. 
<laughs> might, we might be passing song. it out for trick or treat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kids love the hot stuff. <laughs> I love the idea of that. Yeah. Here you go. Hey, Here's Mark. Some, uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, stay, or, uh, Mark. I was going to say thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Uh, quick week with the commanders coming up on Thursday night. We'll look forward to visiting with you next Monday. Yep. Take care, guys. Thanks, Thanks again. Mark. Mark. Got it's it. Mark Rohde, our Bears insider. Yeah, Stacy. I, I thought that Justin Fields, uh, if you're taking anything good out of that game, I mean, he, he it was his first 300-yard passing game of his career, four touchdowns, and I thought that, you know, even give Luke Getzey some credit for rolling him out. They had some misdirection stuff. They had some sprint out. You know, they actually had a, a decent game plan, but then they just messed up in that last quarter big time. Well, I mean, this is what something I've been saying how he should be playing all along. You've got to play to your quarterback strength. You, you know, it's one thing trying to make him into Aaron Rodgers. And this, you know, these guys who say, yeah, you know, I was a quarterback coach for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but when you got to Aaron Rodgers, he was a three-time MVP. So it's not like you you helped develop. If any of those guys want to take credit for Aaron Rodgers, it's like the John Grudens, the Andy Reeds who were there as, as, you know, assistant coaches who work with the quarterback. Those guys are going to be the guys to take credit for that. But a lot of these young coaches who got, got a hold of Aaron Rodgers at the end of his, you know, at the end, almost at the end, you know, he was already an established pro. So you're trying to bring, you know, trying to create something into you know Justin Fields in that kind of quarterback mode you just can't do that you got to play to this guy's strength he's more Lamar Jackson he's more you know he's more you know the the like a Michael Vick type of guy but he can he can throw the football around he can stay in the pocket sometimes but you want to play to his strengths because he can do so many different things with the football just in that first half you know He's he's dodging the sack attempts and he's he's moving around. All of a sudden, he finds somebody at the last second uh, for a touchdown. You know, because he keeps his eyes up the field and he's got his legs moving. And he's just such a threat because you can't just lock on guys when he's outside the pocket because he can take off and run. He had a big first down where he ran for twenty yards uh, to set up that that fourth and one at that one point. And I tell you what, man, they they just got to keep doing that. And and you know, whether they win or lose or not, they need to keep doing that. Hey, Whispers, uh, I didn't bring my ad copy today, so tell the folks how they can get in touch with uh, Jeff Bukovic for all their insurance. Sure thing. <laughs> all right. <laughs> when it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance, nationwide agent <laughs> Jeff Bukovic. You can reach him at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com or at 847-825-4783 or... Just listen to Stacy Snooze and <laughs> and Nationwide is on your side. Oh, and that was my alarm clock. That was, that was my alarm clock right there. That woke me up. I had to sing that. That was like a preseason warm up. That's right, baby. Let's get it on, baby. Let's get it on. Stacy saved the segment. I did. It was we were singing like yeah, the Titanic. Boy. We were singing like but the Titanic. Sure, <laughs> yeah, make sure you contact Jeff for all your insurance needs. We're gonna take a quick time out here, so stay tuned. We are back on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Mark Grody got his hot sauce. Tell the folks how uh, they can get their own bottle, Tim. Uh, speaking of hot sauce and what was saucy, Kendra, great guest. Uh, years ago, I was going to do a movie with her, and I was a doctor, and she was playing a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be hot. <laughs> Play little fighters in the background. 
It would have been a great soundtrack. I think we could bring this script back up 25 years later and get this done now. But in the meantime, go to Jules or go to gimmethehotsauce.com, G-I-M-M-E, thehotsauce.com, and use Walk and Q, Walk and Fire, and get a free bottle. Chris, your career could have gone in a whole different direction if you'd made that film. Oh, man, it could have. Well, the last time she was on, we were talking about great actors that had done some porn. Do you remember that? Who? Come on. Who? David Duchovny was one. Oh, okay. And then really? Sly Stallone. Why do you think they called him the Italian Stallion? It wasn't the boxing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I didn't know this. This only Christopher Walken would know this information. Yeah, that's right. And remember, remember, you can pick up a bottle of Stacy Signature Sauce at your local Jewel Osco store. Chris, you're, you're out of here. You yeah. crossed the line on that. And one. remember, America, <laughs> she'll like yeah, it too. She'll like it too. <laughs> Hey, Stacy, what, what grabbed you from the uh, weekend in college football? Georgia almost um, lost to Auburn. Notre Dame had to rally late to pull out the game against Duke. Uh, what would yeah. you like about the weekend in college football, besides, of course, the Oklahoma victory? Yeah, we'll hold off on Oklahoma right now because we are the best. Um, I, I would say what, what I'm seeing right now is the SEC is, is not as powerful as we think it is. You know, they, they, this is one year they seem like they're off. Georgia doesn't seem like the, the powerhouse that it once was. Uh, Alabama struggled here and there. Um, you know, LSU and, and um, you know, uh, Mississippi State or Mississippi had a good game, went down to the wire. They both scored over, you know, almost 50 points between them. Um, the Pac-12, but now it's the Pac-2 because there's only two teams left in the Pac, so it's yeah. the Pac-2. But they seem like they are the strongest conference. That USC and Colorado game was exciting. USC barely, yeah. barely escaped. Uh, Oregon State beats Utah, which is, which is an upset. Oregon State, uh, I think, ranked 18th or 19th. Um, you know, so the pack, the pack two, the, the, the rogue conference is I'm gonna call them the rogue conference cause they're rogues right now. They, that seems like to be the strongest conference out in college football right now. And then my Sooners who are representing the big 12, but we'll be going to the sec to cause havoc next year. We are dominating right now. Yes. Yeah, so see that sure America. If you can see this says the, uh, OU update Sooners do what Oklahoma state couldn't do. We beat Iowa State by 30, okay? Oklahoma State lost at home. Iowa State comes down and plays us, and we blow them out by 30. Okay, now we got a big game this week, America, okay? Got a big game this week. We're playing Texas, the Red River Rivalries. You see it right there? It's one of the biggest games, one of the biggest rivalry games in college football in Dallas, Texas, and we the stadium will be half red, and half orange. Yes. What do you have to say there? We got. We got. Dun, 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 dun. Francisco's breaking in news. Yes, I, I just want to throw that out there, America. You notice they said fifty-four percent. So that means the odds are that we are going to win that game. If we lose by chance, I went to the University of Texas. <laughs> You know, I'm a bandwagon jumper. I'm sorry, America. I'm sorry. Whoever's number one, that's where I went to school. But I'm going my Sooners this week to beat Texas in Dallas and to bring back the, uh, the trophy. Hey, baseball season's over in Chicago. The Cubs collapse down the stretch oh. to miss the playoffs. And the White Sox wind up losing 101 games. I guess uh, it's a season to forget for Chicago baseball, guys. Well, no one's ever done that, Mark, to lose – uh, what, what, they only won nine out of their last 30? 
Jeez. After that streak they were on, no one's ever done that. Yeah, and so many close losses, so many blown leads. I mean, that's what really stands out about what happened in September. I mean, they're, they're going to probably have a tough time signing Cody Bellinger, too. Yeah, but when he did his last interview, it sounded like it was an exit uh, meeting. Yeah, it did. I mean, he says, hey, I really enjoyed my time here. It was great playing with all these guys. Uh, the Cubs are a great organization. You know, I wish them well. And mm -hmm. I was like, is, is he leaving? First like, time I missed the postseason. Well, I, I'm just sitting here thinking Whole to myself, career. I'm like, this kid was one of the main reasons why they were even in it at the second half of the season. Why wouldn't you bring him back? Why wouldn't you try to bring him back to, to re-sign him and, and uh, you know, try to make a run at it next year? Their pitching kind of let him down this year, though. We, we said that, Mark, when they were in the yeah. when they were in the playoff hunt and they were right in there, they were solid. That was the one thing that we addressed. Their pitching was going to be, you know, be the reason why they wouldn't be able to make it and kind of, you know, it was – it just showed up, showed its ugly head. And yeah, their bats got cold, too. Their bats got cold, yeah. too, though. A lot of question marks about pitching next year. And Cody Bellinger, the, the Yankees are going to make a big-time play for him. I've heard reports they may offer him 10 years, $300 million, And Ooh. I know the Cubs aren't going to go that high. So it, it'll be interesting to see how everything shakes out. And, and the White Sox have a lot of work to do in the offseason as well after things really unraveled for them. New front office. I mean, the White Sox got new guys in right, place. Chris Getz. So let's yeah. see what direction they go into. I mean, you know, this is high expectations, you know, the last couple of seasons for the White Sox, only to have injuries derail them and, and just really – it just seemed like this year, Mark, they just lost the clubhouse. The, the manager lost the clubhouse, and it was never the same. Um, you know, and then, you know, Tim Anderson in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, just it just – it just wasn't their year. And so it's going to be interesting to see what they do, what their farm system looks like, how many guys are ready to move up, or do they make moves to bring in talent? Um, losing 100 and some games. Whew, man. Yeah, it's a rough deal. And Pedro Grafala will be back as manager. They've already announced that. Hey, let's wrap mm -hmm. up the show with one of our favorite segments. It's called What Are We Watching? And I finally got a chance to get around and watch uh, John Wick 4. I knew it was a long movie, so I had to make sure I. I had time to check it all out. And Stacey, I know you, you talked about it in a previous show. The thing that got me, and, I, and I'm not giving it away because it's basically just three hours of violence, so there's really no real plot to it. But the, his, his hitman rival, Kane, yeah. you know, the Asian guy who's blind, yeah. how about the scene where they're going up the steps trying to get to the church? And Kane is picking off guys from 25 yards away, and he can't, and he's blind. And he can't see. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, the whole movie was unrealistic. I mean, there's bullets flying everywhere, and John Wick right. never gets hit. Like, everybody else gets hit, but John Wick yeah, never, never gets hit. Uh, he falls out of, like, a 15-story building and f hits a truck, and then he just kind of <laughs> shakes it off. They should have just go yeah. ahead and make him a, a Marvel character. Like they just right, kept, make right. make John Wick a superhero because when, even when he was when when time was running out and he had to run up those stairs, Mark, and he, yeah, he got yeah. kicked down and he fell like a million stairs and which would have <laughs> killed an average human being, he still yeah. got up and was able to fight and and get up to the top. So yeah, make him a Marvel superhero. That's what they should make. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously there have been four movies in the franchise, and you know when you watch that film, you have to kind of suspend your beliefs of reality because you know it's it's just something for to entertain you but still when the blind hitman is picking <laughs> off guys left and right i'm watching this and i'm going you've got to be kidding <laughs> what, what, what do you got for the folks yeah it was entertaining there's no question about it what do you got states this week well what i'm watching is uh Jimmy Butler's new hairstyle that's what i found myself <laughs> watching this weekend uh i i, I when i first saw it 
Again, the first thing I, I looked at was Jermaine Stewart. We don't have to take our clothes off to drink the cherry wine. That's what I first started. And I'm thinking, Jimmy is the biggest troll in the NBA. Like, he just, he came the one year with the dreadlocks, and, you know, looked like Bob yeah. Marley's son. And then here he is now with the, with the pressed hair. <laughs> Rick James. <laughs> I mean, do you know how much work it took to do that for him probably? I mean, it probably took a oh, lot of – Yeah, it took yeah. a lot of work to do that. <laughs> and it'll be interesting to see if he comes into the season with that hairstyle. Like, is he going to go back to his brains? <laughs> no, 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 He no. can't come – he can't – there's no way in the no. world he can come back looking like one of the missing Beatles. There's no way in the world. No, no, he can't. Jeez. Whispers, what do you got? Uh, the terminal list. Which is uh, on on Prime and uh, Chris Pratt, Constance Wu and uh, Taylor Kitsch. So great cast, and it's really really intense. I I'm I can't believe that's not a bigger hit. One of the best series I've ever seen. It's a series. Well, it's it's one uh, year. They didn't say if it was coming back, but it is oh. excellent, excellent. Yeah, I watched that too, Tim. It was good. I enjoyed that. I'd, I'd recommend that as well. Wow, yeah. I didn't know. I got to check that out. Yeah, it's uh, it's very well done. It's you know how you have those moments in shows. You go, if he's a trained this, like he's a Navy SEAL, he would have never have done that. That doesn't happen once in this. Really? Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. worth checking out definitely if you got Prime. Yeah. Hey, uh, Stacy, is uh, is Mike got the, the car running out in the parking lot? Man, Mike, man, listen, Mike has been my driver all weekend. You know, I, I got a chance to use Mike on Saturday. I had a. Had a spa day planned out and went out to get, got my, my nails done. They had a, a, a manicure and a pedicure and uh, went out and got a massage. Oh, and, oh, oh nice. A metrosexual <laughs> boy a metro, over here. It was a metrosexual moment. I just Because <laughs> you know what, Mark? The season's getting ready to get started. And I got I to gotta look my best, okay? And so I, I had a spa day, okay? You're, you're and, looking uh, supple. Wow. Is, is Tim calling? Are you calling a man card violation? Again? No, there's yeah. no man card violation. Oh. Would you take your girl with you? You called it, Mark. I, if you got you bring your girl with you. How can that be a man card violation? Well, it's just the the nails. Okay, watch your girl with you. I think we'll we'll give it. Yeah, to if you taking your girl. Okay, yeah. all right, okay. down Abbey. Okay, downtown, down Abbey, downtown. Hey, listen, let me tell you something, y'all. Y'all want to keep making fun of that 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 show right there? Have y'all even watched it? Hello. Sit down and watch it with your <laughs> with your wives. I, I I know I know. I listen. I know Marie's not gonna watch that. Okay, I'll say, and this guy's over here talking about metrosexual. He's over here looking like like a, a country music singer with a mullet. This is the longest. I wish we we could really see Timmy Whispers in the back of his hair. He's got it goosed up back there like a like a little mohawk, and it's all curly. Rat tail. This is the most I've ever seen his hair uh, cut. I mean, he he hasn't even cut it in like how long was I'm going back to the late '80s. Yeah, he he's got he's got some serious like uh, David Cassidy hair going on here. So I'm gonna put on some Paisley shirts and some Zeke Everichy jeans next. <laughs> Well, I thought you already wore those things. <laughs> I'm trying to find oh, them. Oh, I'm <laughs> freaking back. <laughs> All right, let me shout out to my boy, Mike. Mike Amaral, shout out to you, baby. Shout out to you and, and uh, taking care of your boy this week and this girl out there at the at Freeze and Float. That's where I went, boys. Freeze and Float. Shout out to Freeze and Float. If you want to be a sponsor of Freeze and Float, we don't turn nothing down but our collars, okay? Ah, Windy City Limousine provides championship service. Making a reservation is so easy, it's a slam dunk. <laughs> Let you Windy, knew that was coming. I knew it was. <laughs> Let Windy City break the full court pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time. Contact Wendy at 847-916-9300. Again, that's 847-916-9300 or visit WindyCityLimos.com. And they are really, really good. They got party buses. They got you know SUVs. They got regular cars. Their drivers are awesome, but always ask for Mike Amaroff. There you go.
Hey, I want to thank the Sriracha crew for doing yeoman work today, dealing yes. with three different remotes and doing it perfectly. So wow. congratulations to D and Ben and Cisco for doing some great work. We appreciate it. Yeah, they've been, they've been awesome. They, I mean, they were, they were, when we had Kendra Love song, they were um, picking her clothes off. And I was like, <laughs> hey, this not this guy, this not this kind of party, baby. Let's just, let's get dressed up here. Huh. Sweating. A lot of sweating. A lot of sweating over here. <laughs> tongues, tongues on the glass, Mark. Uh, we got to get the yeah. Windex to clean the glass. I think that's, I think that's their tongue was on the glass oh lord help me <laughs> time to hose down the studio we're going to say goodbye and uh, we'll have a brand new show next monday stacy you got some words of parting wisdom drive home safely chicago beep beep oh my goodness it's only preseason but i'm high field fuck jimmy g